Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marie-Lynne Germain. In this episode, Catherine Matiski, Managing Director of TPC and creator of ID9 Intelligent Design, talks about why corporate training does not work, and she suggests new ways to learn and discover one's inner genius. Welcome, Catherine. Great to be here. Catherine Matiski is a globally recognized training expert and the inventor of the acclaimed instructional design process, ID9 Intelligent Design, which is an innovative research-based system which has powered results for over 5 million participants in the world's largest organizations. In 2020, she published her 30th book, Leading Virtual Teams, Managing from a Distance During the Coronavirus. Catherine noticed that during corporate training, employees often feel spoken at and endure the training just to tick off a box. So she decided to help others tap into a naturally occurring way of learning that does not make training feel like such a chore. So Catherine, you say that corporate training does not work. Why not? Well, it's, it's not just me. So many learning and development professionals, HR professionals, industry bodies like ATD refer to this metric called scrap training. And scrap training has a dollar figure on it. And there's millions of dollars in the US alone every year that is attributed to scrap training. So scrap training means that there was no measurable difference or no outcome of the training program delivered. So as far as I'm concerned, when you look at scrap training, then why are organisations even measuring that and saying that that's okay? It's nuts. So corporate training has to deliver a result. And if it doesn't, it shouldn't just be put in a bucket called, oh, well, too bad, so sad. It needs to be looked at to say, why isn't this learning experience working? And not just did the participants have fun or did they enjoy it? Really, who cares? The bottom line is, is did it get the result that it was set out to produce? Did it meet the learning objectives that somebody in their wisdom in the beginning of the process in the business said that this was a gap? Why is that okay? That's what grinds my gears and that's what's been my soapbox for 30 years of my career is this whole notion that, oh, well, the training didn't work or, oh, well, they didn't do anything different. That's okay. It drives me insane. So you're the CEO of TPC and you created the learning design system called ID9 Intelligent Design, which provides certifications and consulting worldwide for large organizations. What does it achieve that other systems have not been able to achieve? I think the key word that you mentioned there, Marie-Lynn, is systems. It is the only system. There are a bucket load of adult learning theories. There is a bucket load of models, but there's no system. The only system for instructional design in the world today 
end-to-end from that moment that the business says, hey, we've got a gap here between where we are now and where we want to be, right through to the end, which says, did this work, right through the whole process is ID9. And that's the only system. And the system has steps and processes and tools and templates every step of the way. And why I created this thing is because uh, there was nothing else out there. There was plenty of models. Like people were saying, well, I use Addy. Well, how do you actually even use Addy? And for those HR professionals and learning and development professionals listening today, they probably know Addy as a a five-step Well, it's really just five words, but there's no tools behind it. There's no system behind it. There's no templates behind it. And so I said, well, why not? And then back in 2000, I thought, well, I'll actually start to put this together. And so that's what I did. And now we, you know, certify learning and development professionals, corporate trainers, HR professionals, anyone who wants to develop learning programs. The key to it really, I I think in corporate training, the key to it is this forgotten step called instructional design. People say things like, I was with a client yesterday and they did a conference and they had 1,500 people in their organisation registered for the conference. 500 showed up and they said, well, that's a pretty good show up, right? And I went, In my head, I'm going, that is disastrous. And so what is wrong with this no-show rate? It's a bit like scrap training. Why is that okay? And it really comes down to this missing element of design. If the design of the program is right, not just of when the program goes live, like, by the way, their conference was sensational, but it's all the steps leading up to that. Why did two-thirds of their audience disengage? Why did they not show up? Why do we get people saying, hey, something else has come up, I can't go to that training program? Why are people saying that? It's around the value proposition. And people show up for things they value. You know, like if someone said to me, hey, Catherine, we're having this fantastic event and it's going to be filled with fabulous people that are just, you know, interesting to you and it's going to have great food and it's going to have great wine and it's going to be in this fabulous event space and it's going to have this great singer, I'd be there in a heartbeat because I value it. And then you say, well, people do what they value. So then you think about, corporate training and go, hang on, why aren't people engaged? And it's the value proposition. And the value proposition is really hard in organisations to really get underneath, to say, what is it that we have to produce as an HR department, if they're covering the learning space as well, as the learning and development department, as whoever it is delivering the learning program, what is it that these people will value and why do they not want to be anywhere else on that day but in that program? And that's hard. That's a hard question to answer. But the underpinning right down deep, the root cause of how you can fix that is through great learning design. Design that says on the whole lead up to that learning program, we will be saying there will be so many touch points, as I call them, between us and the learner 
to say, this is coming, you can't live another day without this. You can meet your business goals. You can be a better you. You can be whatever the program is doing. You can be a better leader. You can be a better salesperson. You can get your results. You can earn more money. You can do whatever the motivator is for that group of employees. When you come down to it, it comes down to really clever design, learning design that produces a result. And that's why... I created this system of ID9 Intelligent Design for those professional people who are out there trying to deliver the gap, the gap between where people are now and the gap to where they need to be in their business. Why did you call it ID9? Because the very first steps was a nine-step process. So originally, when I first did it back in the 2000s, it was just nine steps. And the nine steps originally were from the point of entry into the training room to the point of exit, nine steps. The first step was welcome, last step was close. How do we open the course? And then I thought, hang on a second, there's a lot more to this game than just these nine steps. So I broadened out the entire process to be now this entire, not just instructional design for those nine steps, entry to exit of the learning program, I broadened it out to when that very first conversation happens in a performance consulting role, where that performance consultant could be the learning professional, could be the HR professional, has a request from the business or notices that there's a gap in the business and they say, hey, learning might be able to fill that gap. That's where now ID9 Intelligent Design starts and it starts way back at that very first conversation or noticing where the gap is and then it goes right through that entire performance consulting piece, working out the needs, working out how the gap will be filled, then into the learning design, then into the delivery of that program, be it by e-learning, digital learning, face-to-face learning, whether that's in a room or in the same geographic space or now virtual as everybody's moved to virtual. And then after that, the question of, well, what happened? So then post-course then or post-learning program, then how do we measure those results? So it really goes now the entire span. Catherine, you suggest that there are new ways to learn and to discover one's what you call inner genius. Can you explain what inner genius is? This is something new for me. And recently I was challenged by someone because if I just back up a little bit, I work with Fortune 100 companies and my team is deep into corporate learning and development departments. We're certifying learning and development professionals. That's where we kind of operate. And that's not, I'm from Australia, but our client base is mainly in the US and Europe. And so that's our space in these very large corporate engines. And someone said to me, someone really clever, (laughs) said to me, Catherine, how do I take ID9 from that corporate environment to everyone? My blink response, you know, that Malcolm Gladwell blink response was, I can't do that. And then I thought, hang on a second, corporates are full of humans And humans have a brain and brains learn and take in information and process information. Why can't I do this? So that's been my recent challenge to say, 
what is it that if I take this ID9 intelligent design system, which has got, you know, over 100 tools and templates for corporate, it's, it's all about corporate, can I distill that down and repackage it into something that any business professional could use, whether they're a leader, whether they're an individual contributor, could I make it so that a parent could help their teenager or their college student? Could I make it so that a sports coach, if a sports coach was coaching a team of football players, a sport that I've never played, but they're coaching a team, how do they get the best out of those people? How does that parent get the best out of their teenager, their college-age student? How does a business person who wants success actually use their preferred way of learning and how do they communicate better with other people, which is exactly what we're doing in corporate training. So after thinking, oh, that's impossible, I can't do that, I actually got to work on it. And this year in September, September the 1st, I released a new book called Unlock Inner Genius, which is for the everyone market. And it's in two parts. So if we think about basic human brain science, basic learning science, which I've studied for 30 years, information comes into your brain via your five senses, and we all have a preference of the way we take things into our brain through our five senses. So that's number one thing. And then that's our preferred way of learning. And then how does your brain process that information? Well, that's unique as well. And so what I know about training and learning is that if I as a trainer or you, Marie Lynn, as a university professor, teach the way you learn, you really only bring the people along with you that learn similarly to you. So what we have to do as learning professionals, as you as a university professor, you have to teach in a balanced way so that you're hooking everybody in. And so from a communication perspective, I need to change my communication to the people that I'm training. Either one-on-one, I need to help them in their way, not the way I learn, but in their way. And if I'm teaching a group of people, I need to be able to construct my communication in a way that's suiting everybody, not just people like me. So this whole notion of inner genius came up was, well, then how do we do that within business? If I'm a leader of a team and I've got a team and I'm trying to communicate something to them as basic as an email, how do I structure that email to be able to hook everybody in to get, A, the biggest uptake of what I'm asking them to do and, B, that I don't get a barrage of questions? What do you mean by this? What do you mean by this? Or, C, I just ignore it because I didn't understand it. Oh, yeah, that's just information, but that's not for me. So as a leader, how do I structure that communication? So I took everything I knew about learning science and learning design and said, okay, how do you, if you're a leader, restructure an email? How do you, if you're a leader, restructure a PowerPoint presentation? How do you communicate bad news? If you're a sports coach, and you're out on the field and you, it's dark and wintry night and you've got those witches' hats, the cones out there and everyone's doing their practice and one person's falling behind, 
How do you communicate to that person to get them into what you need them to be doing in that particular drill or whatever? So how do you do that? And so that's what I've worked out. And so that's what I've packaged up as Unlock Inner Genius. And this product of Inner Genius now is really saying how do people prefer to learn and then how do they communicate with people that are different to them? And I developed 12 archetypes and each archetype has a symbol which is really friendly and it's a way of cutting through masses of learning theory and research like loads of research end up in an archetype and people go oh that's a cool symbol yeah there's a lot behind it and then from there if I'm a particular archetype and you're different to me then how do I communicate to your archetype in your way so that's what inner genius is all about you say that it can affect an employee's work life. How so? It's a game changer because what happens is that firstly, you discover your own archetype. And if you imagine, Marie, you said that you grew up in France and you speak French and I speak English. So, Marie, Lynn, you can talk to me in French all day And I'll just probably pick up the odd word that I know. And if you happen to put the word baguette in, I go, oh, I know that, that's bread. (laughs) Or if you happen to, you know, throw in a word that I know, I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get what Marie Lynn's saying. But generally I'm just nodding politely. And if you imagine that we both speak English, that's kind of easy. But if you imagine that I speak a language that you don't speak, let's say I speak Swiss German and you don't speak that. And so I'm speaking in my Swiss German all day. And until I say something that you kind of pick up on a word that you go, hang on, I know what that is, then you're not hooking in. Well, imagine if I could spot that you're speaking French or you're speaking Italian or you're speaking Hebrew or you're speaking Portuguese or you're speaking whatever you're speaking. Imagine if I could pick that up and then instantly go, aha, she's speaking Portuguese. I'll speak Portuguese. Or, aha, she's speaking Italian. Oh, I'll speak Italian. And imagine being able to pick up what that other person's language is and just speak to them in their language. I think actually that would be a pretty cool thing to be able to do anyway in life. But if you think about the inogenous archetypes, that's exactly what it is. So if you're an employee, a team member, a leader, and you say, I've got people on my team who are speaking completely different languages to me. I've got one speaking this, one speaking that, whatever, which is my way of saying I've got a team full of all different inogenous archetypes. They've all got their own strengths, but they're all different to me. Then instead of speaking my language in my archetype, I spot what their archetype is and I talk to them in their language. So it's a game changer. So it's about saying when I'm presenting to my team or if I'm just having a conversation with another person, I speak in their language. I speak in their language in their preferred way of learning. And it's a bit like, you know, paddling upstream if you're in in the white water rapids and you're trying to paddle upstream it means that you're kind of struggling as a as a learner as someone who's being communicated to 
it's a struggle and you go is this me do I just not get this what this what my boss is saying to me it must be me everyone else seems to be getting it and I don't so I won't say anything I'll just ask my colleague or I'll just ignore it until someone follows me up but if I can then say hang on I know how I learn I'm going to learn this in my way and know what to do as a learner then I can take that information in quicker. So regardless of how that communication is coming to me, if I know my archetype and I go, okay, this is a completely different language, but I can translate this into my own way and and learn it and off I go and actually execute on what I'm being asked to do, it's so much easier. And on the flip side, if I'm giving information So I'm giving information to a peer or I'm giving information to my team. I then have to be able to say they're different to me. I'll give it to them in their way. So it's not about you. It's about who's receiving that communication. So it works both ways. So when we look at leaders or HR professionals, learning and development professionals, anyone in business who takes this on. And this is, remember, Inogenius is the everyone market. So when we look at, say, their last PowerPoint presentation and I'll say to a leader, okay, show me your last PowerPoint presentation. And generally I can just see from that PowerPoint presentation what their archetype is. They don't even need to do the online profile. They don't even need to do that because I can just see from there. But that's me. I've been doing it for 30 years. I'm really fascinated by that, that you could tell by just a PowerPoint slideshow without even testing. It's easy because there's gaps. Because when people open up PowerPoint, they open up blank slides and just start filling them in. Even the words that they use are triggers and indicators. It's it's just like opening up their brain because you can see the choice of words that they made, the choice, it's really come from their archetype and their, the, the way they prefer to learn. And so then I go through it and I go, okay, well, that does that all make sense to you? Yep, great. And you gave that presentation. And what was the response? Oh, well, there was quite a lot of questions. Okay, tell me what the questions were about. Or you wanted this particular action item at the end. You wanted people to do this particular project or you wanted them to do this or whatever. What happened? Did they do it? Oh, yeah, some did it or some didn't. Tell me about the people that didn't do it. What did they do? And so then we talk about what happened in that presentation and you go, okay, you've got some suggestions. Do you want some suggestions? And they go, yeah, sure, whether they really want them or not. It's another thing, right, because changing your behaviour is really hard, like so hard to change your behaviour. So everyone says, yeah, give it to me, Catherine. I want to make myself better. I want to be a better me and I want to be great at this. And then you say, okay, then we're going to do this. And you go, oh, that's really hard. I, I can't do that. Of course you can. It's about changing your communication that you've had for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. You've had it since a baby. And I'm now coming in, Catherine Matiski from Australia, saying, shall we change this up? And people go, yes. And then they go, oh, this is really hard. Well, it's a change of behaviour. Of course it's hard. But let's get to the end goal. And the end goal is to get to that presentation and say everybody's completely hooked in, everybody's engaged, and everybody's doing what you ask them to do. Isn't that the goal? And they go, yeah, I want that. So let's add four slides into that and let's get that. And they go, oh, okay, where are my gaps? And the gaps, everyone does presentations in their sweet spot, the way they learn and the way they like to communicate. But the gaps is for people that are completely different to them. 
And so then we add in some slides and it will be always on the bits that they've missed and they didn't know they'd missed them because they don't learn that way. And they might even say to me, I can't say that. Everybody knows that. And I go, okay, tell me about those questions again. What did people ask? And they they tell me the questions. Go, well, if you did that in the slide, those questions wouldn't have come up. Oh, I get it. And if you did this, those would, wouldn't have come up. And those people that didn't do anything after your presentation, it's because you didn't say this. Oh, okay. But I thought they knew that. But I thought that was obvious. But I thought that was an assumption. But I thought, but I thought, but I thought, no, let's put that in. Okay, do that presentation again to another group. Oh, what's the response? Oh, people were hooked in, they loved it, and now they're doing it. Amazing. So it's a game changer. So is it hard? No, it's not hard to put the extra bits in because once you know the secrets, you see the gaps, right? You just see the gaps and you go, oh, hang on. Of course that didn't work because I can now see my own gaps. And But changing a presentation is one thing, but then before you click send on every email, you stop and you go, am I just talking my way or am I really hooking everybody in? Am I working with, I've created a tool called the Inner Genius Wheel and it's it's just four steps. It's super simple. It's not my, you know, toolkit of ID9 tools. It's really simple. And you just follow the wheel, follow the process. And, and before you press send, you go, okay, have I got all my steps in? And you go, oh, I missed out the first thing. Right, put a sentence in about that. And then press send. And then before you do Maybe you're doing a performance review. Maybe you're talking to an employee about something. Maybe there's a performance issue and you're doing a session with that particular employee. Are you talking in your language or are you talking in theirs? And then you might not know what their language is. You don't know whether they speak French, Italian, Portuguese, whatever it is. You don't know their archetype. So you say, okay, I don't know that. And I'm not really skilled yet in picking up what people are because I can do that, right? I've been doing it for a long time. But what if you're not skilled at that? Well, then you have that conversation in a balanced way. So regardless of who's there in front of you and their own style, you're hooking them in. So is it hard? Yeah, it's hard to change. It's really hard to change human behaviour. We all know that, you know, Marie-Lynn, you know that from university. It's really hard to change people's behaviour. But but it's it's really the secret to success. How can our listeners get more information about the ID9 intelligent design or the inner genius? I'll give you some links to put in your show notes, but the inner genius website is innergeniusnow.com and ID9 intelligent design is id9intelligentdesign.com. Just send me a message on LinkedIn. That's super easy if you forget all of that. Just look me up in LinkedIn, send me a message, and I'm happy to chat with you. Marie-Lynn, I'm in the Mother Teresa phase of my life where I'm just giving away my knowledge and, and sharing it. So just reach out to me anytime, book a meeting in my calendar, I'll grab a coffee, and I'll show up and have a chat. I might take you up on that with, for Absolutely. my graduate students. Yeah, they would love to hear me. <laughs> I'm always up for a coffee, so yep. 
By that all will have to be a virtual coffee, considering yeah, you're in Australia. <laughs> yes, we're really good. And one day we'll have our borders open and you can come in. But right now we have our borders closed, so you can't even come over. <laughs> well, again, I may pick you up on that. Thank you very much, Catherine, for your insights on corporate training, on new ways to learn, and on how to discover employees' inner genius. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.